All right, Patriots, hardliners, warriors for Christ, it's time to stand up and take your nation back. Are you ready? It's time to assemble. It's time to return God back at the top of the throne where he belongs and get Christ back in our heart where he belongs. They've crossed this line one too many times, and we are going to take this nation back once and for all. Isaiah 42, 13 reminds us, the Lord goes forth like a warrior, like a man of war, he stirs up his fury. He shouts out his battle cry against his enemies, he shows his might, and that's what we will do here at his heart line. We will show his might, they have crossed this line for the last time. So let's take this nation back. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. Glad to have you here for another His Hardline discussion. And today we are going to talk about the validation of the National Assembly. Now, back in September 10th, 2013, there was a common law rebuttal from We the People in the Assembly to the United States Corporation uh, in the form of a public notice of the remarks of Syria. And that was uh, when President Obama was in office. And he addressed a nation. We're going to listen to a quick audio. I say quick audio. It's about 15 minutes long. And then I'm going to go over the rebuttal here. So let's just dive right into it. So listen to this full speech. It's basically Obama coming in, addressing the you know public on TV. But really what he's doing is he's asking permission from the United States of America, a.k.a. the people in assembly, the National Assembly. So if you pay attention to words... He refers to what he's a part of as the United States, a.k.a. the corporation. But then when he's talking and addressing us, he says the United States of America. Two totally different things. Pay attention to the words. And then we're going to go over our response, our rebuttal that we put out there in public notice. Because what this ended up resulting in was him not being able to put boots on the ground and invade Syria. Let's Let's take a listen here. My fellow Americans, tonight I want to talk to you about Syria, why it matters, and where we go from here. Over the past two years, what began as a series of peaceful protests against the repressive regime of Bashar al-Assad has turned into a brutal civil war. Over 100,000 people have been killed. Millions have fled the country. In that time, America has worked with allies to provide humanitarian support, to help the moderate opposition, and to shape a political settlement. But I have resisted calls for military action because we cannot resolve someone else's civil war through force, particularly after a decade of war in Iraq and Afghanistan. The situation profoundly changed, though, on August 21st, when Assad's government gassed to death over 1,000 people, including hundreds of children. The images from this massacre are sickening. Men, women, children lying in rows, killed by poison gas. Others foaming at the mouth, gasping for breath. A father clutching his dead children, imploring them to get up and walk. On that terrible night, the world saw in gruesome detail the terrible nature of chemical weapons and why the overwhelming majority of humanity has declared them off-limits, a crime against humanity, and a violation of the laws of war. This was not always the case. 
In World War I, American GIs were among the many thousands killed by deadly gas in the trenches of Europe. In World War II, the Nazis used gas to inflict the horror of the Holocaust. Because these weapons can kill on a mass scale, with no distinction between soldier and infant, the civilized world has spent a century working to ban them. And in 1997, the United States Senate overwhelmingly approved an international agreement prohibiting the use of chemical weapons, now joined by 189 governments that represent 98 percent of humanity. On August 21st, these basic rules were violated, along with our sense of common humanity. No one disputes that chemical weapons were used in Syria. The world saw thousands of videos, cell phone pictures, and social media accounts from the attack. And humanitarian organizations told stories of hospitals packed with people who had symptoms of poison gas. Moreover, we know the Assad regime was responsible. In the days leading up to August 21st, we know that Assad's chemical weapons personnel prepared for an attack near an area where they mix sarin gas. They distributed gas masks to their troops. Then they fired rockets from a regime-controlled area into 11 neighborhoods that the regime has been trying to wipe clear of opposition forces. Shortly after those rockets landed, the gas spread, and hospitals filled with the dying and the wounded. We know senior figures in Assad's military machine reviewed the results of the attack, and the regime increased their shelling of the same neighborhoods in the days that followed. We've also studied samples of blood and hair from people at the site that tested positive for sarin. When dictators commit atrocities, they depend upon the world to look the other way until those horrifying pictures fade from memory. But these things happened. The facts cannot be denied. The question now is what the United States of America and the international community is prepared to do about it. Because what happened to those people, to those children, is not only a violation of international law, it's also a danger to our security. Let me explain why. If we fail to act, the Assad regime will see no reason to stop using chemical weapons. As the ban against these weapons erodes, other tyrants will have no reason to think twice about acquiring poison gas and using them. Over time, our troops would again face the prospect of chemical warfare on the battlefield. And it could be easier for terrorist organizations to obtain these weapons and to use them to attack civilians. If fighting spills beyond Syria's borders, these weapons could threaten allies like Turkey, Jordan, and Israel. And a failure to stand against the use of chemical weapons would weaken prohibitions against other weapons of mass destruction and embolden Assad's ally, Iran, which must decide whether to ignore international law by building a nuclear weapon or to take a more peaceful path. This is not a world we should accept. This is what's at stake. And that is why, after careful deliberation, I determined that it is in the national security interests of the United States to respond to the Assad regime's use of chemical weapons through a targeted military strike. The purpose of this strike would be to deter Assad from using chemical weapons, to degrade his regime's ability to use them, 
and to make clear to the world that we will not tolerate their use. That's my judgment as Commander-in-Chief. But I'm also the President of the world's oldest constitutional democracy. So even though I possess the authority to order military strikes, I believed it was right, in the absence of a direct or imminent threat to our security, to take this debate to Congress. I believe our democracy is stronger when the President acts with the support of Congress. And I believe that America acts more effectively abroad when we stand together. This is especially true after a decade that put more and more war-making power in the hands of the President and more and more burdens on the shoulders of our troops while sidelining the people's representatives from the critical decisions about when we use force. Now, I know that after the terrible toll of Iraq and Afghanistan, the idea of any military action, no matter how limited, is not going to be popular. After all, I've spent four and a half years working to end wars, not to start them. Our troops are out of Iraq. Our troops are coming home from Afghanistan. And I know Americans want all of us in Washington, especially me, to concentrate on the task of building our nation here at home, putting people back to work, educating our kids, growing our middle class. It's no wonder, then, that you're asking hard questions. So let me answer some of the most important questions that I've heard from members of Congress and that I've read in letters that you've sent to me. First, many of you have asked, won't this put us on a slippery slope to another war? One man wrote to me that we are still recovering from our involvement in Iraq. A veteran put it more bluntly, this nation is sick and tired of war. My answer is simple. I will not put American boots on the ground in Syria. I will not pursue an open-ended action like Iraq or Afghanistan. I will not pursue a prolonged air campaign like Libya or Kosovo. This would be a targeted strike to achieve a clear objective, deterring the use of chemical weapons and degrading Assad's capabilities. Others have asked whether it's worth acting if we don't take out Assad. As some members of Congress have said, there's no point in simply doing a pinprick strike in Syria. Let me make something clear. The United States military doesn't do pinpricks. Even a limited strike will send a message to Assad that no other nation can deliver. I don't think we should remove another dictator with force. We learned from Iraq that doing so makes us responsible for all that comes next. But a targeted strike can make Assad, or any other dictator, think twice before using chemical weapons. Other questions involve the dangers of retaliation. We don't dismiss any threats, but the Assad regime does not have the ability to seriously threaten our military. Any other, any other retaliation they might seek is in line with threats that we face every day. Neither Assad nor his allies have any interest in escalation that would lead to his demise. And our ally Israel can defend itself with overwhelming force, as well as the unshakable support of the United States of America. Many of you have asked a broader question. Why should we get involved at all in a place that's so complicated and where, as one person wrote to me, 
those who come after Assad may be enemies of human rights. It's true that some of Assad's opponents are extremists. But al-Qaeda will only draw strength in a more chaotic Syria if people there see the world doing nothing to prevent innocent civilians from being gassed to death. The majority of the Syrian people and the Syrian opposition we work with just want to live in peace, with dignity and freedom. And the day after any military action, we would redouble our efforts to achieve a political solution that strengthens those who reject the forces of tyranny and extremism. Finally, many of you have asked, why not leave this to other countries or seek solutions short of force? As several people wrote to me, we should not be the world's policemen. I agree. And I have a deeply held preference for peaceful solutions. Over the last two years, my administration has tried diplomacy and sanctions, warnings and negotiations. But chemical weapons were still used by the Assad regime. However, over the last few days, we've seen some encouraging signs, in part because of the credible threat of U.S. military action, as well as constructive talks that I had with President Putin, the Russian government has indicated a willingness to join with the international community in pushing Assad to give up his chemical weapons. The Assad regime has now admitted that it has these weapons and even said they joined the Chemical Weapons Convention, which prohibits their use. It's too early to tell whether this offer will succeed, and any agreement must verify that the Assad regime keeps its commitments. But this initiative has the potential to remove the threat of chemical weapons without the use of force, particularly because Russia is one of Assad's strongest allies. I have therefore asked the leaders of Congress to postpone a vote to authorize the use of force while we pursue this diplomatic path. I'm sending Secretary of State John Kerry to meet his Russian counterpart on Thursday, and I will continue my own discussions with President Putin. I've spoken to the leaders of two of our closest allies, France and the United Kingdom, and we will work together in consultation with Russia and China to put forward a resolution at the UN Security Council requiring Assad to give up his chemical weapons and to ultimately destroy them under international control. We'll also give UN inspectors the opportunity to report their findings about what happened on August 21st. And we will continue to rally support from allies from Europe to the Americas, from Asia to the Middle East, who agree on the need for action. Meanwhile, I've ordered our military to maintain their current posture, to keep the pressure on Assad, and to be in a position to respond if diplomacy fails. And tonight, I give thanks again to our military and their families for their incredible strength and sacrifices. My fellow Americans, for nearly seven decades, the United States has been the anchor of global security. This has meant doing more than forging international agreements. It has meant enforcing them. The burdens of leadership are often heavy, but the world's a better place because we have borne them. And so, to my friends on the right, I ask you to reconcile your commitment to America's military might with a failure to act when a cause is so plainly just. To my friends on the left, I ask you to reconcile your belief in freedom and dignity for all people 
with those images of children writhing in pain and going still on a cold hospital floor. For sometimes resolutions and statements of condemnation are simply not enough. Indeed, I'd ask every member of Congress and those of you watching at home tonight to view those videos of the attack and then ask, what kind of world will we live in if the United States of America sees a dictator brazenly violate international law with poison gas and we choose to look the other way? Franklin Roosevelt once said, our national determination to keep free of foreign wars and foreign entanglements cannot prevent us from feeling deep concern when ideals and principles that we have cherished are challenged. Our ideals and principles, as well as our national security, are at stake in Syria, along with our leadership of a world where we seek to ensure that the worst weapons will never be used. America is not the world's policeman. Terrible things happen across the globe, and it is beyond our means to right every wrong. But when, with modest effort and risk, we can stop children from being gassed to death and thereby make our own children safer over the long run, I believe we should act. That's what makes America different. That's what makes us exceptional. With humility, but with resolve, let us never lose sight of that essential truth. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. And so, yeah, that was, the, uh, that was a speech from President Obama back in September 12, 2013, asking permission from the people in assembly, the lawful assembly, the de jure republic of the United States of America, and he got turned down. And I'm going to read the response. And this was a common law rebuttal from we the people to the United States Corporation. And this was a public... This was a public notice. And so here, here's the remarks that we made. Uh, and, you know, here, here's our responses to the remarks by President in address to the nation on Syria. <clears throat> so this is, first off, this is our response first off. This is how we started the public notice. To the CEO, Obama, the Crown, Vatican, and the United Nations, we the people as the de jure body politic establish and According to the United States Corporation's own rules that a de jure assembly has superior lawful standing to the de facto assembly. We, the people being of the de jure assembly, do hereby formally rebut the United States Corporation's public notice of intended attack on the sovereign nation of Syria and are noticing you, the de facto United States government, also known as the United States Corporation and all of your agents, that we do not accept your proposal, nor are we going to enter into contract with you on this endeavor by being silent. We the people are telling you with a resounding no, this proposed action is not acceptable and it will not be carried out. Just as a reminder to all of you who work in, for, or with the United States Corporation, none of you de facto actors, agents, and contractors have immunity from prosecution as of 
apostolic letter by the Pope and the Declaration of Contempt of the Constitution for the United States of America is now lawful legislation. I'm going to stop there for a minute. Did you notice the talk about the contempt of the Constitution? This has been brought up a lot more. Why do you think that podcast was deleted? Not by my hands. By what? Why do you think that podcast was deleted? The contempt of the Constitution. Think about it. Continuing on with the de jure republic. You have been noticed by we the people of the United States of America. And now... Let's see here. Let's see here. So notice to agent is notice to principal. Notice to principal is notice to agent. So the comments to specific statements made by CEO Obama. And so let's see here. So to CEO Obama on your United States corporation, public notice to the federal or to the people equals fictional characters equals 14th Amendment in the de facto equals United States corporation charter equals mission statement equals unlawful equals constitution of the United States of America, not for, for their consent to act lawfully to the reader. Now, this is what I'm, I'm so I'm just reading this transcript here. So the, to the reader, please note that CEO Obama portrays the United States as the government. Oh, so this is just a side note. So just take a note that CEO Obama portrays the United States as a government where it is a corporation. Now, with this said, CEO Obama requires consent from another another sovereign nation in order to attack a sovereign nation like Syria. And so in his speech, he referenced both the United States and the United States of America. Now, this is a significant difference between the two. The United States is in reference to the United States Corporation, which is located in the 6.8 square miles known as the District of Columbia. And the United States is not a sovereign nation. It is actually a private corporation and is in you know uh, existence by mere paperwork. Now, the United States of America is referred to as the sovereign nation of we the people on the land of America. Now, just so, as a reminder, we the people who are in lawful civilian authority over the U.S. military as the interim constitutional Republican form of government operating under the United States Constitution 1789 Bill of Rights 1791 with the original 13th Amendment that prohibits persons who have accepted entitlements from foreign governments from holding public office is the true sovereign nation and lawful form of government. Thank you, CEO Obama, for recognizing the true de jure constitutional republic form of government. Obama's statement. The question now is that what the United States of America equals, which is referencing the union, union of states of men and women, equals a de jure constitutional Government asking consent to their contract to move forward on attacking Syria and the international community is prepared to do about it. The people's response, we are not consenting to contract with you or give you consent to move forward to attack Syria. The international community is working with all parties to satisfy the issue at hand by lawful international peaceful means. Obama's statement. And this is why, after careful deliberation, I determined that it is in the national security interest equals profits for the United States Corporation to respond to the Assad regime's use of chemical weapons through the targeted military strike. People's response. You want to place another central bank in a country which does not have one. You want to loot the people of Syria of their precious antiquities and natural resources, including the natural gas pipeline. You want to place more debt on the backs of the middle class whom you state you want to eliminate. So there are two classes, yours and everyone else's equals poor. Obama's statement. 
That's my judgment as commander in chief equals CEO, but I am also the president equals CEO of the world's oldest constitutional democracy. The people's response. We the people understand your statement. However, you failed to tell the rest of the story. You claim to support a constitutional democracy, but failed to mention in your claim the point that the Congress was seated setting up the act of 1871 was illegally seated in that session number two the constitution you speak about is not the organic constitution for the united states of america circa 1789 but the charter or mission statement for the united states corporation that requires the full reading into your unlawful congress every 20 years to renew your charter the charter is the corporate mission statement entered into and introduced as the virginia plan and was word crafted to emulate the constitution your democracy would be the sheep's clothing over the wolf in this matter since the CEO of the United States Corporation, or if you want president of the Constitution of the United States, is in reality a dictatorship or commonly referred to as an oligarchy. Number four, your false presentation of three branches of government is so funny since the purpose of your legislative body is to be the board of directors. Your executive branch is the seat of dictator while the Department of Justice reports directly to the president equals CEO and the crown equals the city of London, which equals the Roth. Child banking cartel. So, Mr. Obama, this is not a democracy as you would have us believe, but an oligarchy. This oligarchy is packaged in a private corporation charter for profit. These fraudulent acts of non disclosure of all facts and tricking minors into adhesion contracts, such as birth certificates, social security number, and driver's licenses, have ensnared most of the population of the land into voluntary slavery to the territory of Washington, District of Columbia. Obama statement. First, many of you have asked, won't this put us in a slippery slope to another war? One man wrote to me that we are still recovering from our involvement in Iraq. A veteran put it more bluntly, this nation is sick and tired of war. My answer is simple. I will not put American boots on the ground in Syria. I will not pursue an open-ended action like Iraq or Afghanistan. I will not pursue a prolonged air campaign like Libya or Kosovo. This would be targeted strike to achieve a clear objective, deterring the use of chemical weapons and disregarding Assad's capabilities. The people's response. Mr. Obama, we, the people of the United States of America, do not consent with your plan to use drone warfare or any other type of warfare, and we do not accept your contract. Furthermore, your administration is known to we, the people of the United States of America and the international community at large, to be the most prolific liars in the history of the world. Obama statement. And our ally, Israel, can defend itself with overwhelming force as well as the unshakable support of the United States of America equals Union States, men and women. People's response. Once again, CEO Obama, we the people do not give our consent to attack Syria or support Israel attacking Syria. Obama statement. My fellow Americans, for nearly seven decades, the United States, which is the United States Corporation, has been the anchor of global security. The people's response. CEO Obama, you tend not to tell the horse story. Did you not forget that in the 1940s, Bretton Woods Agreements Act and the Pan-American Treaty fraudulently and unlawfully turned the United States de jure department over to the United Nations to be used as the global peacekeepers equals war machine for the Vatican and the crown? Obama statement. Indeed, I'd ask every member of Congress, which is the U.S corporate board of directors and those of you watching at home to view these videos of the attack and then ask what kind of world will we live in if the United States of America, which is him asking the union of states, men and women to give consent 
sees a dictator blazingly, brazenly violate international law with poison gas, and we choose to look the other way. People's response. Where is your evidence, CEO Obama, of Mr. Assad's knowledge and participation in this event? What videos? Videos can be falsified, edited, and or complete fabrications. Why do you continue to promote false flag events? An email from a U.S. intelligence officer got out on the internet that was sent to his wife showing his comments about the video. He indicated that these were actors and not one person was injured. There is no evidence that Mr. Assad used chemical weapons on his own people. There are, however, more indications that the chemical weapons were used by the rebel forces, if any was used at all. The real United States of America will not consent to acts of aggression against another country based on such flimsy evidence and hearsay. Interesting statement by you. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. Hmm. People's response. This is strange and is not congruent with the demonstrated character that has been in the public since you have been in office. And that would be the end of the document. And so I just wanted to read through that. And again, that was that was a public address that was asking permission to go into Syria with boots on the ground to the people in the Dijur Republic. That was back in September 10th, 2013. It's very interesting. You should go back and it's the videos on YouTube. You can listen to it. And so I just wanted to kind of go over that in this short little discussion as proof and validation of the National Assembly and what we are here to do. And like I had said in previous shows, that wasn't the only thing that our assembly has accomplished. We have Michigan, which was settled as a de jure state in Turum in 2013, and it's recognized by seven foreign countries as well as Alaska. In that time, we've actually issued 21 requisitions to the Joint Chiefs, Judge Advocate General, and the Pentagon back in December of 2011, which resulted in putting Trump into presidency and the implementation of Space Force and much more. Obviously, we stopped Obama from going into Syria with boots on the ground or doing drone strikes. In the voiding of the Act of 1871, causing the Queen to lose her power and having the walk behind Trump, thus allowing Trump to inspect the Queen's military. And because of the Act of 1871 being voided out, that rendered D.C. as basically a dead foreign crown-owned Vatican-ran city-state, and our country defaulted to military control. Which, by the way, we have control over through the requisitions. But yes, our country is defaulted back to military control. And like I said, can any other group claim anything like this? I'm going to tell you no. They can't. Like I said, there, there exist out there many groups who hearken back to the grand jury and the Constitution for the United States of America. And some are educational, some are instructional, and some are political. But there's only one. Only one is political in the most fundamental organic sense in embracing the power of we the people in assembly in the original United States Constitution of 1789 and mankind's bill of rights of 1791 the independent nation states under the teachings developed by the mgja from our historical documents ladies and gentlemen the national assembly is where it happens okay and this is why your participation is so vital all right the state national assembly has not done any of these things they are creating a very good smoke show, making you believe that they are valid, but they, they, they are not lawful. 
folks, they, they stole our material and changed them ever so slightly to still make it seem valid, but yet mislead so many people. Now, each state has a unique history, and each state must resettle under that unique history. One size definitely does not fit all, and nobody can tell you if you can or cannot do something within this assembly. In other assemblies, it always seems to be some sort of top-down leadership. Not here. We can only suggest what has worked in the past. That's it. No validation or references means no standing, and that's what you're going to get with other quote-unquote assemblies. We must follow the footsteps of our founders. We cannot create anything new. If it was not done in the past, do not do it now. How can anyone own the knowledge if they have not lived the experience? We own the experience. Anyway, that's all I have for you today on this His Hardline discussion. And I hope this serves as good proof and validation of the rightful and lawful National Assembly. Be careful who you get intertwined with and who you entangled with. And like I said, remember, here at His Hard Line, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed the line for the last time, and we do rely on the protection of divine providence, and we will do our part as warriors for Christ to hold that line. As it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Proceed forward, hardliners, and never waver. This is your land, this is your country, and this is your life. Own it. Protect it. This is our future we're fighting for. I hope you all have a blessed day or night wherever you're at in the world, and we will see you back here either Saturday night or Sunday morning. Have a blessed day. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so very much for joining us here for another His Hardline discussion. Don't forget to share this website, www.hisheartline.com. Share this podcast far and wide. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's what it means to be a hardliner. We are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. We are warriors for Christ, and this is the Lord's fight. It's time to take this nation back and return God back at the top of the throne where he belongs. Thank you for joining us again, and come back again. Have a blessed night.